Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve on the PBSC podcast. This is episode 180. How do I move from the symptoms of addiction to a real and lasting change of brain and heart? And this comes in response to a PBS listener's question and situation that they sent into us. I'm just going to read that real quick and then we're going to jump into this. It says, Hello, I'm a recovering porn addict and I've been listening to your podcast for the past six months. I have had a CSAT for the past nine months and started going to 12-step meetings around the same time. So this guy's been in recovery for a fair while, taking it serious. Uh, The recovery process has been hard, but I've begun to finally uncover some of the needs that I've been trying to meet or ignore by using porn. It's been Mm -hmm. in some ways exciting to have a better understanding of my insecurities, which I have unknowingly been trying to shore up with porn. But now that I've started to pull back the curtain, I'm not sure of the best way to move forward. How can I practically retrain myself to address my insecurities in a healthy way now that those insecurities have been at least partly revealed? Just the knowledge of how my coping mechanisms are unhealthy and an idea of what a healthy response would be doesn't actually change my heart or my brain. I can tell myself truths repeatedly and can set up daily reminders of what would be healthy, but that does not seem to offer much in the way of real heart change. I know this question is very broad and answers may be and answers may be insecurity or situation specific, but, but if there are any recommendations for how to really internalize healthy responses, I would appreciate it. Uh, uh, don't expect a quick, easy method of recovery. Uh, but if you feel there's a podcast already that answers the question, let me know. I'll give it a listen. Thanks for what you do. So actually, we really like this question. Really uh, coherent, intelligent. It's obvious that this guy's been doing his work and realizing that he's getting beyond the symptoms of, of addiction down to the deeper core issues. 
And he's really asking, you know, how do I make this stick? How do I, mm. how do I internalize and really change myself and my heart and my brain so that I can move forward to have a really healthy life? So, yeah, yeah we wanted to, wanted to take a crack at this and talk about uh, some important issues that go along with this one. Yeah, most definitely. It, uh, you know, I, 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 we, like you said, I'm definitely salute, salute this uh, gentleman because he's already in a place where he's got some good mindfulness some good awareness and recognizing, you know, Hey, I've seen, I've seen these symptoms, right. And I've started to address them, but as I've been doing that, right. I'm, I like how he says, you know, as I've started to kind of pull back that curtain, it's sort of like, you know, the stuff that I'm seeing underneath is, 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 uh, you know, scary. It's intimidating. And obviously I can, you know, just change my behaviors, but how do I, how do I change the mindset? Mm-hmm. And, and it is an enlightened perspective because I think most of us, you know, we tend to, and he probably, this, this, this gentleman may have as well, but you know, in our world, it, there, there is a real pattern when we're dealing with any kind of addiction, the same holds true in chemical addiction in society. You know, there tends to always be a focus more on the symptomology component. Right. And, and I think that there are probably a few reasons for that. I mean, a, a, on a societal level and, and, and more of an individual level too, I, I guess that most of the consequences, right. The follow that comes from addiction, the cost to a family, financially, emotionally, the cost to a marriage, the cost to children, the cost to all those things are quantifiable, right. They're easier, I guess you could say to measure they're visible, right. Those are the things it's easy for, you know, the typical person uh, who's not involved in the trenches with these issues, so to speak, to see those things and say, yeah, we need to change those, right? Because those are what are hindering people or hurting people or whatever. And it's true. There is a lot of validity to that. But but as we talk about on this podcast all the time, we would absolutely agree with this gentleman. You know, you have to work on symptom management first. That is a huge component of recovery. But you can't end there because, you know, symptomology uh, honestly, I would say, I, I, and Mark and I, we've learned this from experience as guys in recovery, long-term staying in just symptom management is honestly exhausting. It's kind of like, I would actually argue in a sardonic way, it's kind of the worst of both worlds because it's like, geez, I'm not acting out. I don't get whatever quote-unquote benefits I used to get from that. But I'm also not emotionally really feeling better either, right? I'm yeah. feeling better in some ways. I'm not experiencing a lot of the consequences of the addiction, but I'm not escaping anymore. I don't have any way to cope, right? And so it's really not sustainable to stay in that place long term. Well, and, and what happens if you if you get stuck in the treating symptoms place, which, like you said, Steve, is super important to get. We got to get some sobriety before we can work on the deeper issues. Sure. But if that's what it's all about, it's kind of like, okay, let's get this immediate destruction out of the way, and then I'll be good to go. And the great challenge with that is you get down the road when you get some good, solid sobriety and you're not, quote, good to go. And I remember what a shock this was for me because I thought, you know what? As soon as I get this this pornography and sex addiction stuff out of the way, my life's going to be clear sailing, man. Mm, And lo and behold, as soon as I got really solid sobriety, there was actually a time when I got pretty angry and resentful. It's like, okay, hold on a minute. You recovery people are full of crap because... I've been sober for a good long while and actually things have gotten worse. <laughs> so you're yes. like, okay, wait just a second. And the reason, you know, things quote seem to get worse is because for the first time in my life, instead of running and escaping and avoiding and self-soothing and medicating every time life got hard, I started actually for the first time facing life on life's terms 
And that meant instead of turning to my old outlets and addiction, I was actually having to learn strategies to actually face real life. Mm. And that is damn hard, not just at first, but for a long while. And in some ways, it's still hard now because I don't run or escape or avoid. I actually stand up and, and kind of hit life head on, eyeball to eyeball. And that takes some real effort and skills and humility and a support system and all kinds of stuff. And so it's, it's no easy thing, but it's essential from move to the, to move from this treating symptomology to the ongoing process of getting to getting to the core causes and the continual addressing and healing of those. Otherwise you and Steve, what do you and I know? I can get sober from one thing, but if I don't, get past the symptoms to the core causes, guess what's going to happen? I'm just going to replace that one thing with another addiction or another compulsion or another way to escape or cope. Sure. Well, and, 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 you know, you put it this way before the podcast, right? There's the, I like the, the word you used, although it is kind of do me, but it, it's true, right? There's that inevitability of, of relapse with addiction, mm. right? If we don't, if we don't handle the underlying issues, the unfortunate reality for those, depending on the depth of addiction you're talking about across the board, you're looking at a question of it's not if I'm going to relapse, it's a question of when, right? Um, because those, the long-term, again, just the symptom management, one is exhausting, but it, it too, it's easy to become burned out, to get complacent, to get disillusioned, right? If we don't make that shift to that lifestyle change, if we aren't able to move over out of just getting, you know, as, as, the, uh, as some 12-step literature says, it, it, until we make that shift of, you know, running joyously towards heaven rather than backing away from our personal hell, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, sooner or later, it, it it is no longer sustainable. And so, you know, moving to this other other way of looking at it is absolutely critical. And, you know, it's it's actually it's a well-timed question right now on our Dare to Connect program for addicts, spouses and couples. This we have monthly topics and this month is uh, codependency. Um, yeah, so we're, this we're, is. Right in the right in the heart of what this guy asked, because he said he's he's pulled back the curtain to try to get to his deeper issues and not just treat the symptoms. And what does he say in here that he discovered? All the insecurities that I used my porn and sex addiction to cope with and to cover over or self-medicate or whatever. I'm realizing I have all these insecurities. I was looking to the external to take care of my internal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. There's, there's very much that dynamic happening here and, you know, codependency in all of its forms and addiction is, you know, a form of codependency. One of definitely probably the purest forms, you know, is, is, is all about this idea of, you know, consistently trying to meet internal needs. Like you said, Mark, with those external uh, method, you know, external methodology, whether it's validation or being wanted or, you know, trying to control the environment around us, right? There's so many ways in which codependency and the other elements tied to that show up and breaking out of addiction in the long term really does mean kind of like going to his question, right? Breaking out of this and addressing your insecurities means developing out those skill sets of being able to cultivate those internally. You know, he talks in here about, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the best way to move forward. How do I address my insecurities? How do I he talks about, you know, deficits with, you know, being loved and et cetera. And, and that's what we do as we break free of codependency, right? As we're working on this process of how, you know, how do I 
begin to cultivate those things internally. And so if for those of you who have not yet tried the Dare to Connect program, we invite you to come over, give it a current. We have an offer for a two-week free trial going on. We'd love to have you come join us. It's about as great of a month as any to join in. It's We're having a really cool discussion this month. It may even carry over into next month. We've got a, a lot tied to this topic. But um, but if we were to kind of you know shift into into that you know region of how to cultivate this internally right and how do how do i start to do that um you know what one of the things that we're talking about on dare to connect and i think it'd be good to talk about for just a minute here is is you know how do i how do i start to meet those needs right being myself and and with other means you know on the internal spectrum how do i start to create that and i guess you could say generate that right inside of myself whether it's motivation whether it's meeting those needs, you know, et cetera. So I, I think that would be a good place yeah, to start. Yeah, it's, it's, it, gets, it gets to this concept of, in fact, you know, today on D2C, Steve, you and I did a role play where I took myself back to my deep addiction years when I was just filled with insecurities. And I kept looking to my partner, you know, to my wife, to make me feel okay, to make me feel whole, to make me mm. complete. And when she couldn't, deliver which they, uh, a spouse or partner can't right my codependency really created some massive issues right so if she was having a bad day guess who else was having a bad day mark mm-hmm. yeah. if, if if she's not feeling like she's enough then i'm not enough or if she didn't give the right amount of affirmation or the right amount of appreciation or give me the right kind of look then suddenly i would feel horribly inadequate and disrespected or you know whatever it was and then i would go running to go fill all of those holes you know to to heal those fractures through all my outside addiction sources and so this concept of how can i be enough how can i be whole and complete regardless of what the people or circumstances around me are doing or not doing right you want to talk about how to come how to get out of just the symptoms of addiction and treating those how do I how do I heal my heart and my brain? How do I how do I make this a change of heart, a change of brain? You do it by starting to practice and internalize and implement these situations where I would normally escape or self-soothe. How do I start to practice being enough, being whole, being complete by using tools and strategies within myself as opposed to looking to things on the outside to make me okay. Absolutely. I, yeah. Well, and there's, and there's so many tools for this, but another starting point for those listening, you know, would be there's a real focus on, and, and we want to be clear when I mention spirituality, we're not talking religion per se, no. um, or relig- religiosity, but spirituality, a person's internal spiritual framework from a clinical and psychological perspective is, is huge in the recovery process we get from addiction or codependency in general. Addiction is by definition, a form of codependency. And, and here's why the more of a spiritual defined spiritual framework that I have, and the more I've explored that I fleshed that out, the more of a relationship I, I cultivate with a higher power, with the universe, with God, with whatever that is for me. Part of that exploration is pre either is is I guess you could say eliciting or bringing forth what's my identity, right? Mm. What is my what is my value to the universe to, you know, to my higher power? Where 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 do I fit in? Right? 
what, what, where did I come from? Where am I going? Questions like that and the answers tied to those things all help to give us identity. And identity helps to contribute to worth. Yeah. Right. And and so because as addicts, you know, we we run around so often emotionally in this codependent state, um, looking to, you know, and this this gentleman who wrote in is a great describer of this, right? We were using all of these external things to try to fill these deficits. Right. And we do it with addiction. Sometimes we come become emotional chameleons. We call it that. Right. We're looking for, for all these things to make us happy or or sometimes we're looking to other people and we try to chameleonize ourselves with them. Right. Say or do or be the right person, you know, so we can get that validation, get that love, get that that standing or that place in the world from from those things. And when we start to explore things like like what you said, Mark, when we start to develop out certain skill sets and we pair that with things like the spiritual framework that's how we start to figure out who am i and in turn we we turn less and less to everyone else telling us who to be right or how to be or that we're enough right or whatever the case may be so it's there's multi there's this is one of the reasons why this is a big topic in dc for the month and why it may go over because as you can see we could never cover this in a podcast yeah in, yeah, in an extended yeah, way it's probably gonna be, yeah that's why it might be months but it does give some good starting it. points right yeah, it, gives, it, is, it is good it's a good yeah. starting point so. so so as i start as i start to you know look to this you know spiritual foundation and connection which again not religiosity spirituality i have clients who are atheists yes. who, who seek spirituality where do they find it they find it in nature they find it in their support groups. They find it in lots of places. What it means is that I have I have identity and meaning, and I matter because of all because of all of this higher stuff. And so I'm not dependent on whether that person affirmed me or not. Just then, I'm not have, dependent have, yeah. on whether that they gave whether they raised their eyebrow and looked disappointed or didn't. Just then. Right. Mm. I have I have higher meaning that I tap into, independent of what everyone else is or isn't doing. Yeah, that's an important part of this. My internal traits, right? My internal characteristics, my uniqueness, right? These are all things that give me value, right? Yeah. As opposed to these other things. And the more we're able to fill those voids, right, with identity, with understanding, with purpose, with you know, those definitions. And we start again to pair the, because there is an element too of this. And Mark was kind of alluding to this before, but there's a fake it till you make it element, right? So much of codependency is this fear around rejection, right? And so as we start to implement a whole variety of healthy skills, we go into detail in, in our Dare to Connect program and in our clinics about those. The more we, the more we start to develop all those, those out and become adept at them, the more we also quell that in our internal fear of rejection, because we start to see that you know, the more I find value again internally, what happens to the fear that I have about others rejecting me? It goes way, 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 way down. Right. And so I become increasingly less codependent on those things as I become more emotionally independent and grounded in again who I am, right? My uniqueness, my my inherent traits giving me worth as opposed to looking to external authorities to say, hey, you're enough. Yeah, we sometimes say I have my own internal weather system, regardless of what the weather's like outside of me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. That, I, that I can call upon. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. You know, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, we can we can start to ask. So, how do I move from this 
total focus on sobriety, on treating symptoms, on just getting these destructive behaviors out of my life, and then I'll be set to go. How do I move from that to really feeling like I'm evolving inside? I'm transforming. I'm, you know, my brain and my heart are changing. One of the most, one of the useful things, you know, Steve, you and I see, how many times have we heard from somebody, here's a question they ask, how long am I going to have to keep up this recovery stuff, right? Or, or, or sometimes they'll make a really sort of angry statement. I, I don't think I can do this for the rest of, if I got to do recovery for the rest of my life, right? I just Forget don't it. think, I don't think <laughs> I want to do this. Yep. And Absolutely. it's really interesting because, you know, I, I, I've talked on PBS here, uh, here before where I had a lot of resentment and anger about that myself. And I remember saying to one of my early mentors, I said, man, I just want to be normal. When do I get to live like one of those normal guys where I don't have to do this recovery crap anymore? Mm. And I remember he looked at me and he said, Mark, he said, will you take me through for a minute the, the, the different tools and skills and strategies self-care and communication skills and how you've learned how to connect and be vulnerable and be authentic. Will you take me through all of the things that you're learning to do? Tell me which of those that you would like to just eliminate and never live again for the rest of your life. Which ones? And it was kind of this, take me down the list of what you're doing in so-called recovery and tell me which one of those that you don't want to live going forward in your life. And as I looked at, as I, as I went through the exercise, I looked at all the stuff that I was doing in quote recovery. And I was like, wow, uh, you know what? I think I really want to keep living all this stuff and getting all the benefits for as long as I'm here on the planet. I think <laughs> he looked at me, and says, uh, exactly. And he said, maybe you need a little change of vocabulary. So instead of this pounding on recovery, recovery, how long am I going to have to recover? He said, how about you just start thinking in terms of how long do I want to keep engaging in healthy living and healthy relationships? How long mm -hmm. do I want to keep yeah. enjoying connection with self and connection with others? How long do I want to keep practicing being authentic and speaking my truth and standing my ground? When you put it that way, now it's like, you know what? I think I'm in this for the long haul. Yeah. Right? And that's how you internalize and start to experience a change of heart and a change of brain. I'm still, I'm still experiencing a change, changes in my heart today. My brain is still rewiring, right? I haven't arrived with all of this stuff. And quite frankly, this might sound weird to people listening. I hope I never arrive. I hope that when I finally take my last breath and step off this planet, I hope my heart and my brain are still changing in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I think a big thing as we kind of wrap up here is, is, you know, if we kind of shift to an assignment and a starting place, right, we've given a lot of pointers about your spiritual framework and trying these things. A great starting point for, for this gentleman who wrote in and for anybody listening also would be, you know, and it, where the rubber meets the road would be sitting down. I, I do this ex exercise. We uh, did this in Dare to Connect just the other day. I do this in my clinic, but it would be sitting down and asking yourself, make a list. Besides the orgasm, what does sexual what what does sexual release do for me? Right? What's the what's the emotional, mental, spiritual payoff or payoffs from that? Right? What do I gain from that? What have I historically gained from that? What do I glean from it? And are there healthier, more sustained? And then the next step is to look at you know 
what ways might I gain some of those same benefits, right? In healthy, sustainable ways that don't involve relying on other people to cultivate that, that emotional confirmation for me, right? Whatever those things are. Yeah. Other, other outlets, right? Yeah. I I like what you said, Steve, you know, what is, if pornography is my main challenge, what does pornography give me? What needs does it meet? What, you know, how, how am I going to that place to try to feel whole or feel okay or wanted love desired? Yeah. All those things. So what does it give? We often just say, Oh, it's, it's all entirely bad and horrible and awful. There's no benefit to it whatsoever. Well, if that was true, then those listening here and Steve and I, we wouldn't be in recovery because those outlets would offer us nothing. Obviously they have offered something and it's important to say, okay, what benefits have I been getting from these addiction outlets? What needs have they been meeting? And if I can identify what those are, then I can start to ask what other ways can I meet those same needs or get those same benefits in ways that are sustainable and don't destroy my life. <laughs> and don't destroy my life or my relationships. In, in yeah. simple terms. Yep, uh-huh. absolutely. Yeah. Well, so that's a great, great starting point guys. Well, I know we got to wrap up here. Um, as, as, as always, we hope that you will uh, continue listening. We so appreciate your patronage and listens and, and downloads. We, uh, we continue to grow in our, our popular. I think Mark mentioned we're now in 180 countries, I think. Yeah, it's right. Think there's there. like there's like 190 something in the world. And <laughs> some of those I, I'd assume probably change hands fairly frequently, some of the teenier ones. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I don't know what that means, but you know, we just we we love the fact that uh that, that so many of you are finding help. Um if you like what you hear here, as always, you will love the Dare to Connect program. If you if you are struggling to find sobriety, if your spouse is struggling with betrayal trauma, if you if you've been doing recovery for years and are looking for a way to level it up to change the playing field, may we may we humbly suggest the Dare to Connect program. It's not like anything you've ever tried before. It's accessible anytime, anywhere, twenty four hours a day through an app, through 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 your online account. You have access to over twenty five hours of content every. Every month, both in in a live format as well as in a pre-recorded format, we tackle monthly topics. You can ask questions anytime and get an- answers. We have live interactive chat, twelve-step support sessions on the weekend for addicts and spouses, a uh, session every week for addicts, spouses, and couples. Uh, individual individualized recovery work assignments with virtually every every single uh, session that we do. That's a lot of. That's just the stuff coming off the top of my head. There's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. Yeah. It's- <laughs> Kind of a one-stop shop. <laughs> and so we hope you'll get you'll you'll give it a shot. For the cost of a couple of therapy sessions a month, we can take you to new different places. And whether you're just starting this journey and you're in that terrified, scared place, or whether you've been doing this for five years, Dare to Connect can take you to the next place. Yeah. So we hope that you'll give us a try. You can check that out at uh, dare to connect now, dare to connect now.com. And that's dare to connect now.com. And as always, if there's a topic you'd like us to tackle as much as we can in, 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 in a short time on the podcast, you're always welcome to reach out to us at pbscpodcast.com. That's pbscpodcast.com. And there's a contact form down at the bottom. You can send those questions to, and we will, uh, we'll endeavor to, to address those. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us uh, here on this episode. And as always, we'll look forward to spending time with you uh, next time we come, we get back together. Sounds great. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.
Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.